Hello guys, welcome to this week's episode of the podcast and in today's show we're going to be covering some news from Nintendo and non-Nintendo outlets and also my review of Skyforge. Yes, it recently dropped onto the Switch and I want to give you my thoughts about what it's like to play on the small handheld. So grab them cups of coffee and let's have a little chat. So as always with the news stories, I'll make sure I include them in the show uh, links down below so you can see where I'm getting these articles from. And first up, as we all sit, wait patiently, or the majority of us sit patiently and wait for Nintendo to not Nintendo, or wherever we're getting our copies from to be released. Mine's coming from Amazon. I'm talking about the upcoming release of Super Mario 3D World, Bowser's Fury. And, well, it's a shame to say, or I'm ashamed to say, that the game from some outlets have already broken street date. So if you're like me and have never played this game before, make sure you steer clear of Twitch, YouTube, and other things, because it's right, street date has broken, and the game has leaked online. So my Nintendo News has got this one. It appears as though the upcoming Nintendo Switch exclusive title, Super Mario 3D World Bowser's Fury, has been released early when the game isn't due to be officially released until next week. Heading over to Twitch, we was, would, wouldn't suggest to do self, so if, or to avoid spoilers, and I completely, you know, back that 100%. And you'll see a number of players streaming Bowser's Fury, the same thread of on Rest Era, first started by user Sin City and Assassin, where the news broke also reveals the game was dumped and made available online hence the access to the game stream on twitch it's hardly surprising that this has happened but it's still a shame to see especially as uh, navigating around social media to avoid spoilers isn't the easiest to undertake so there is a a tweet from Oatmeal Dome, Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury the game was leaked on the internet uses it and goes through some of the bits and pieces apparently the final build was made on November 20 uh uh, made on November 25th, 2020, which is really interesting. So the final build has been ready for about three months, four months. Um, I don't know what uses NX, not LP, NPLN is. Uh, yeah, Bowser's Fury is codenamed Ocean. Port made in collaboration with Nintendo Soft Software Technologies and one up studio so that's a little bit of information regarding the game but it is out there and it's a real shame that we have to kind of comment on these the file size is 2.9 gig which is quite nice and uh tidy um but if you want to avoid spoilers don't go on to sites like twitch don't search for it on youtube yes it is it's a very strange one because it's a remastered of a game that's already out um it's but it still sucks let's be honest it still sucks that we've got to sit here and go watch out for spoilers for a game that's now releasing when we don't want to do that it's just stupid so you know avoid spoilers i'll be streaming it next friday i'm going to be sticking away i've never played this game and i'm looking forward to playing it um I was kind of bummed out by the 3D All-Stars collection that they released. And I'm hoping this can kind of avoid that gap of Mario since Odyssey. So, yep, avoid spoilers and steer clear of social media sites until the 12th. Go dark. A game I'm excited to see and speak about when it comes to the Switch is Apex Legends. And we've got a little bit of news for it. Apex Legends is a battle royale that I don't play enough of. But I think when it comes to the Switch, I will be quite excited to play more. 
and it drops on the 9th of March. And Respawn Entertainment and EA have announced again, my Nintendo news today, that Apex Legends will finally arrive on the Nintendo Switch on Tuesday the 9th of March. It originally released on a Tuesday, actually. This was reported on the 3rd of February. Uh, the port has been developed and revealed by Panic Button. Now, Panic Button have done some seriously good jobs. Like, they, if you want to trust anybody to be doing your port to the Switch, Panic Button are the people to do it. They developed a number of high-profile ports for the Switch, including Doom Eternal, the free-to-play title Warfare. Warfare? Yeah, Warfare. Uh, Warframe was also done by Panic Button. I mean... They did such a good job with Warframe that some of the things that Panic Button included in the Switch version, they moved over to the PC version of Warframe. It's brilliant. Um, the article goes on to say that it will support full cross-platform um, and the latest content, a fully featured uh, para parati with other versions of the game. I don't know. Parity. Parity, not parati. Man, speech Sunday. Hard. Switch players will receive 33 levels of the Season um, 8 Battle Pass. It's very nice. The company also said that the first two weeks um, after launch will also earn you double XP. Porting Xbox Legend to its, to its small, string, small screen, yet it is a major achievement as we couldn't have done it without our friends at Panic Button. We're very proud of the, what the team have been able to achieve with some uh, smart optimizations for the Switch port to deliver a full-featured Apex experience on the go. Apex Legends, as I said, will support cross-platform and our latest seasonal content. I'll be interested to see um, if it'll just be cross-platform with consoles. And I'll also be really interested to see, as I'm going to speak about a different uh, shooter, uh, probably later in the show or next week, uh, depending on what time we get, that, you know, will it be at 60? Will it have that buttery smooth 60 FPS? Because that's what you want from a shooter. For those who don't know and are wondering what um, Apex Legend is, Apex Legend is a battle royale, very similar to other ones. But in this one, mainly you play in trios. Um, and one of the great things about Apex Legends is you don't really need to be on a microphone. You don't need to be on voice even though it does help in battle royales for uh, those who don't know what a battle royale is it's where x amount of players dive in and the idea is to be the last person or last team standing this has a really cool ping feature system which i think this was the first battle royale to, to really bring this to the forefront where you just sort of ping things in the environment and it kind of gives you a heads up of ammo armor weapons and that kind of stuff and, and enemies and you can do this without having to really be on voice and that's that's a really cool thing because you know it can get quite awkward talking to you know new people not knowing them but it's great to you know team up with friends and it'll be interesting to see if they do that what this other shooter that i'm going to go into i'll just say rogue company does where they have the voice chat through the uh, the microphone or through the actual Nintendo Switch system, or if you're going to need about a thousand cables and the Nintendo app to do voice, uh, a lot of people, including me, just use Discord. So it comes to the Switch, but it does come at a price, and that price is free. But what I mean by price is file size, and the file size, which was reported today, is 15.2 gigabytes. So it's no small game. It is going to be quite a chunk, especially if you've only got a small card. I only have 128 gig, and I'm forever deleting and oh, archiving and then downloading games again. I don't have a massive... And 
where I want this podcast to go, I'm going to start needing to probably upgrade that storage unit inside it to 400 or possibly more. The file size of the popular free-to-play shooter uh, Apex Legends on the Nintendo Switch has been revealed via the eShop. The file size listed is a hefty, as I said, 15.2 gigabytes. So you'll certainly need a microSD card. Uh, Apex Le- uh, Legends listing on Japanese eShop says the Battle Royale title requires a download of at least 30 gig. It'll be interesting to see the file size once the game launches next month. So the Nintendo eShop is stating 15.2, but the Japanese one is saying 30. Now, I think on the PC, it is 30 gig. So unless it's going to be like a 30 gig initial download and then that will reduce to 15, I don't know. But that's a hell of a size for a game on, you know, the portable system. As I said, it's relu- re- due to be released relu- uh, due to be released on the 9th of March, and I'm looking forward to giving it a test, a bit of a comparison against the PC counterpart, because that's the other you know system that I've got Apex on. It is one of the most... Um, it's a brilliant battle royale. It's really colourful, really, really, really... Um, got some really great characters. Haven't played it for a while. Might jump into it again on the PC just as we run up to the launch. Um, and it's one of the ones out there that, you know, does lend itself to be a bit different. So I'd love to know if you're going to be playing Apex Legends on the Switch or if you're like me and are starting to wonder what games you're going to have to archive just to play it. And I just wanted to bring a little bit of a report on The Outer Worlds. Our, the Outer Worlds Peril of Gorgon DLC is coming to the Switch 10th February, which is in three days as of recording. And the patch 1.3 is out now. Again, all the links to the articles will be down below. On February 10th, The Outer Worlds Pearl of Gorgon DLC will, available to be, will be available to purchase for those who are playing the first-person shooter on Nintendo Switch. There are a few new weapons to try, locations to explore, and even more character customization and lore to enjoy with this new DLC. Obsidian Entertainment and Private Division announced the news today and and have updated the official website with details of what to expect in the downloadable content. Check it out for yourself just below and there also a new patch 1.3 out today for the title with a couple of minor bug fixes. Fixes, not fixtures. Um, really struggling to talk. The key features include intrigue and danger, search an abandoned space choice facility, spaces choice facility, and encountering casts of new characters as you uncover the mystery behind the sudden cancellation of the Gorgon project. New locations explore treacherous, treacherous canyons and go on of the Gorgon asteroid and encounter enemies that have warped by that have been warped by science. New science weapons. Discover three outlandish new science weapons, including the PET, Pest Extermination Tool, an exciting new melee weapon that draws in enemies for a close-range attacks, and I'm guessing more. Expand character customization and lore, an increase on level cap, additional perks and uh, flaws, wholly new armor sets, and several variants for extinguishing existing gear. Plus, dig into the story of the Gorgon Asteroids, with a portable new phonograph audio logs that reveal the salacious secrets of the scientific experiment that went wrong. On top of these releases of the expansion, Switch players expect to see patch 1.3 on the Nintendo Switch consoles released on February 3rd. This patch will include the following. Uh, players will now be able to trigger the DLC, Peril of Gorgon, after the content has been purchased, bug issues addressed, adjust level GC strategy, adjust texture streaming strategy, whatever those two mean. I haven't I played um, the Outer Worlds on the uh, PC, and it, we all know it runs perf- really well on the PC. It's one of my favorite games um, of last year, 
Uh, was it last year? Yeah, I think it was last year. I don't know. Um, maybe the year before. I genuinely don't remember when it came out. It came out uh, the 25th of October 2019 on PC. Um, but unfortunately, I don't have, you know, the, the DLC. And I think I'm going to have to, get, you know, come around to doing another run of it at some point. And then quite possibly purchasing the DLC. On Game Pass, it's, it's fairly cheap, uh, the DLC. And I think it's one of those games that if you can play it elsewhere, then play it elsewhere. Um, but I'm hoping what it does mean is it's very much like uh, Immortal Phoenix Rise. Uh, yeah, Immortals, which I haven't spoken about yet. That the game is actually worth playing now on the Switch. I'd like to speak to some people, get their opinions of the new patch, and let you all know in future episodes of the podcast. So I mentioned a little bit earlier about where I want the podcast to go in the future, but this kind of bleeds into that new step, if you like. And I want to talk about something that really caught my eye um, over the last week and saw social media freaking the hell out over this. Um, For those who don't know, cloud gaming in the last year or so has become a big thing. We've got Xbox X Cloud, which is their cloud gaming platform that kind of ties into your games from Game Pass and everything else on your mobile. We're waiting for the iOS release. Well, I am definitely so I can give it a go. My games on my phone would be cool. Uh, Well, on my iPad is what I'm looking forward to trying them on. Um, You've got cloud gaming coming to the switch with control and hitman 3 which is really cool um you have amazon's luna you have nvidia's geforce which basically puts you know you in the ability to play your steam games via you know ray tracing servers that nvidia have uh, but you have to own those games and then you have the biggest one that launched over the last couple of years which is google stadia um i have stadia i got my copy um, my copy of Stadia. I picked up a copy. You know, I got my controller and Chromecast Ultra when I uh, pre-ordered Cyberpunk uh, last December. Uh, well, before that, actually. And I thought it was a great deal. You paid 50 quid, you got a controller, Chromecast Ultra, and you got your Cyberpunk. And if we're honest, Cyberpunk was probably the best place to play it was Stadia and still is. You know, I've got my opinions and I will get to it later down the road about cyberpunk 2077 but that's not what i'm here to discuss as i said a complete flurry of activity around stadia because they've shut down their first party game studios only after about a year or so of um being open and talkesport.com you know i've kind of got the article here and i'm going to kind of give my opinions and thoughts um because there's another one there's a blog post on um, Stadia as well, and we'll kind of go over it. In less than two years' time, Google has finally pulled the plug on Stadia's only game development studio, Stadia Games and Entertainment, SG&E, to help focus on the cloud-based service and its growing partnerships. In a blog post yesterday, it was announced that it was shutting down Stadia's game studios and its inve- ending investment in, S- in SG&E exclusive titles outside or near- near-term planned projects. The company reiterates that it is determined to keep Stadia going and some hard choices about games and studios it supports when needed. The shutdown and change the focus at Stadia will help shape the service into a long-term sustainable business. And that's come from Phil Harrison, General Manager and Vice President of Stadia. Well, no, this is his his, um, 
his post, sorry. Creating the best-in-class games from the ground up takes many years and significant investment, and the cost is going up exponentially. Giving our focus on building the proving technology of Stadia as well as depending our business partners, we decided that we will no longer be investing in the further in bringing exclusive content from our internal development team SG&E beyond any near-term planned games. So, and it comes here, SG&E lead and Assassin's Creed famed developer Jade Raymond will be leaving Google to pursue other opportunities while most of the team members will be moving into new roles within the company. Phil has also uh, assured current and future subscribers of Stadia that the game service will carry on as normal and subscribers will get to see more games added over time. This overhaul will help Google to expand its catalogue of third-party titles rather than Google's own. So there's there's many things to unpack from this entire story. And yes, it can, comes as a shock. And it did come as a shock to me that S and G and E were being shut down. Um, the biggest kind of thing from everyone around the, the globe is, that's it, Stadia shut. Don't buy any more games on Stadia. Don't go and, you know purchase games on a cloud-based server because you won't you won't get your games back you won't get your money back no nothing i don't think stadia is shutting and we'll get to that shortly let's let's pull apart this it's a real shame that only two years in or not even two years in developers that jumped ship because they were promised the earth by google and they're out now out of a job and that's a shame that really is a it's a crying shame and, and things like that shouldn't happen. The gaming industry is volatile as, uh, as it is and it doesn't need another company throwing people out on their ass in the middle of a pandemic. It does sound like most of the team are being relocated to help you know, with other projects, but Google does have quite a nasty track record of doing something and then just throwing it out like an old toy that you know the kids don't want to play with. And I think that's where a lot of people around the globe were going with it. You know, we've seen many different Google projects go, look at this, this is shiny and new from Google, and then no more is does it exist. I'm surprised they've still got a phone in industry going on at Google because you know the Pixel hasn't really sold that well. I'm surprised they haven't chucked it out of the pram. But anyway, going back to Stadia, it's quite an interesting concept to see that they've gone by people we're not making first party games and most people know with a console first party games is what sells your console because essentially stadia is a console albeit on your computer built in a cloud however you see it it is a console and it's a great way to get into next generation gaming if you don't have the money or the capabilities to even buy a new generation console stadia is doing it stadia is giving us that opportunity but when it doesn't have a first party catalog that's uh one of the biggest problems it has and had at launch and google over advertised it they kind of stretched and they really reached and stretched to sell this thing and it kind of came across as a bit like netflix for gaming where they you'd pay a subscription service and you get all these games on there but actually it's just a way of buying games and playing them on your computer or on your tv with the chromecast so why is this whole scenario well why is it stuck with me and why am i talking about it on a nintendo based podcast well firstly it's called beyond nintendo and as i said you know things are there's 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 something in the water afoot but i do believe them i believe them that they're going to focus on trying to bring you know more games to over to the platform and 
more third-party exclusives or more third-party games anyway. And I think that's a bold move and a good move. With the way the game industry is and currently knowing able to get a PS5 and Xbox One or really difficult to get the new graphics cards that have been released by AMD and NVIDIA, actually concentrating on these big games that require big horsepower to play is not a bad shout. You know, you, pay, you don't have to actually buy anything to play Stadia. And here's what a lot of people forget. You don't need to buy anything. You don't need to buy a Chromecast Ultra. That's only there so you can play it on your TV with a laptop, a browser, and a Bluetooth controller. You don't even have to have the Stadia controller. You don't get the Stadia features, but you don't have to have a Stadia controller. You can play games on the go. It's now available on iOS. It's now available on iPhone. It's been available on Android for ever since, you know, certain devices since day dot. And that's the thing. Yes, it's not going to have any first party exclusives, but giving people ability to play next generation console games when they haven't got to buy the next generation console, it makes a lot of sense. Do I think people should be investing £50 a pop on games on Stadia at the minute? I don't know. I think people should hold off. I'm not on a financial advisor and I'm not going to advise you what you want to do with your money. Spend it where you want and spend it how you want. But there's always going to be a risk involved with cloud-based gaming. Yes, as much as I love the idea of it, I'm still wary of, you know, not having a physical collection of certain items. Let's take music. Most of us are subscribed one way or the other to a music platform, Spotify, Apple Music, Google, YouTube Music, I think it's now called. We don't actually own CDs or those MP3s. But we carry on regardless. Music is probably a bit of a poor comparison to Stadia, but it's the same thing. As soon as your subscription laps, you don't get that music anymore. And admittedly, we got a vinyl player uh, 18 months ago or over just over a year ago. And it's really nice to have physical collection of records, but as it is to have physical collection of games. We've ordered Mario coming out next week to be a physical collection in our in our very tiny collection of hard copy of games. I'm still proud that I have The Elder Scrolls Online, Dig Disc, and Guild Wars 2. Those discs, even though they're on you know a server-based game, and if they shut the servers down, I'd never be able to play them again. But there's something that I've got. I do like the physical, you know, of you know, holding an actual product. You feel like you've got something for your money. But I don't think it's the future. I think the future is cloud-based gaming, but it's just not taking off the way Google wanted. I think you're going to have to see things like xCloud that will really rock it. And maybe, just maybe, Google can get into partnership with Xbox or they can get into partnership like they are doing with Ubisoft and bringing the Ubisoft stuff over to the platform. Remember, with Uplay, you don't need a Stadia subscription. You just need a Uplay Plus subscription. And then you've got all of Uplay games in your Stadia uh, profile. And it's those kind of things that I think Stadia needs to work on to bring over. It won't be long before we see something like Apple One Plus or whatever it's called, where with Apple subscription, you can get Apple Arcade, music, fitness, and all those things that Apple offer on a monthly base service is one pay monthly subscription. It won't be long before we're there. 
And I do wonder if that's where Stadia is pushing to. Is Stadia pushing to be that one place that you can play all your games, a subscription base with Steam, you know, or this, that, and the other? It'll be interesting to see what they do. I know I might be completely wrong, and by the end of 20, uh, 2021, Stadia is no more. Um, and then we'll all be fighting for refunds over games. So that'll be interesting to see how they handle that. Anyway, let me know your thoughts on Stadia and all will be revealed on kind of what's going to happen and why I'm talking about these things on the show uh, in the weeks to come. So we're about 24 minutes and I even started my review of a game that dropped and it's a free to play game. Now, I'm going to try something a little bit different. I've lost, I've forgotten to write my notes down. So this, this one may not happen how I want it to happen. And you may have to wait till my next game review. And I think I might just sit and talk about it actually and not put anything to it because I downloaded Skyforge and Skyforge is no small download. 21.2, 21.3, nearly 22 gig later, I got to play the latest MMO to join the Switch's catalog. And overall, that's a good thing. It's not a bad thing that we get more MMOs. I think we need more style, those sort of style games on the Switch because there's not enough of them. I would love to see the Elder Scrolls Online Final Fantasy XIV come to the Switch, but I highly doubt it. Skyforge is a strange one. It's been out years and it's seen different iterations on Steam. It's out on other consoles as well. The player base is small, and I suppose you could call the, the player base now a little bit of the hardcore side because they enjoy the game or they just like to log in and grind away. What is Skyforge? As I said, an MMO. It's a free-to-play, massively multiplayer online role-playing game, and it's published by my.com. Um, it's set on the planet Alien. Alien? Alien? Skyforge fuses elements of science fiction, fantasy, and in its visual, visuals and storytelling. It sees the players exploring the world as an immortal who must strive to become a god and defend the planet from an alien invasion from other worlds. The project started development in 2010 and was released on Windows in 2015. It followed on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One in 2017, and it was released, as I said, in February for the Nintendo Switch. The story goes, in the universe of Skyforge, gods derive their powers from uh, from their followers. The planet of Aelion was once a free world protected by the greater god named Aelie. Aelie? And I've lost where I've wrote in, written this down. Sorry. Uh, who helped the civilization flourish. When the story begins, Aelie has vanished, leaving them behind the world of followers, which was the only protected by immortals. And this is by the player, your character, and a few remaining lesser gods. Leaving it under attack by hostile gods and evading alien forces from neighboring planets, the player starts at the capital Elion as an immortal, and he, and after talking to Hydra, a goddess advisor to the immortals, discovers that they were brought back to life after devastating attacks by the Reapers of Death. After choosing your starting class, undergoing combat guides, training tutorials, cast and cast character customization, the player can tackle combat missions around Alien, Alien, fighting off invaders such as the Ghastly Reapers of Death, the Mechanical Mechanoids and the Botanical Phytonoids, the Amphibious Oceanoids, the uh, Serpent uh, Gorgonoids and the Astral Demons. Um, there was a new update to Horizons, released on April 9th, 2019, introduced the Plant Terror, new story content, and the Draconoids, a new enemy race. I mean, the story itself is 
it's nothing special. It's you are the main character to save a planet and do your bit. That's ah, as simple as that. Uh, you know, the, there's no easy one. Well, there is an easy way to explain it, and it is just that. The thing with most MMO RPGs, you it's the same kind of story, just told in a different way. You have this ability. You know, you are the character. You're the main character of the story. You kind of go from A to B. You know, B to C to become more powerful to defeat the greater bad guy. And it, during that, you have group content like your dungeons, your raids, and all those kind of bits and pieces. It's similar MMO RPG stuff. But what I want to get down to. If you're looking for a different kind of story, you're not going to find it here. Let's talk about the classes. So in Skyforge, there are multiple classes. Uh, and uh, this is where my first sour taste came. Yes, you don't have to dump any money. You can grind your backside off for this. I think each class will take about 20-ish hours to unlock. But a lot of the earlier content on you know the other console systems isn't being played much right now nintendo switch should be all right but here we go you have an for your support classes find a soul weaver defense um grove walker knight paladin energy attack cryomancer firestarter kinetic necromancer warlock melee attack berserker monk revenant slayer range attack archer gunner outlaw now the opening three classes that you can choose from are Lightbinder, Fire, uh, Cryomancer, and a Paladin, I believe it was. It was Paladin or Knight. It was one of those classes. And there's the kind of thing. You have three classes to begin with, which is fine, but there's multiple other classes that are out there. Um, how good these starting three classes are, I don't know in a PvP sense. I didn't do any of the PvP, so I can't really comment on PvP. It has an action-based style combat system where you don't really do your tab targeting normal MMO, MMOs is where you obviously target and then you have your casting abilities and this, that, and the other. This doesn't really have that. It's, as I said, action-based. If you've played things like Guild Wars 2, you're going to get that kind of same feel. Certain buttons do certain combinations. Elder Scrolls Online is probably a better comparison to this combat system each button does something different you then have your special attacks and then you have a divine power as well where you turn into this almighty demon beast thing taking things out and that's kind of it and your numbers pop on the screen and as i said each class does something different but each class either costs time i.e you're going to be grinding to unlock them and or you can spend money now Nice little bit on the fandom pages, it, and I'll read this verbatim. As you pass each class's temple, the respective class becomes available for purchase with sparks of transformation. Alchemist, Archer, Berserker, Gunner, Kinetic, Knight, Monk, Necromancer, Slayer, and Warlock cost 25,000 sparks of transformation. To unlock Firestarter, Grove Walker, Outlaw, Revenant, uh, Soundweaver cost 35,000 sparks of transformation. You know... So, Sparks of Transformation can be obtained for the first completion of every instant random drop, killing enemies in adventures, PvP, and daily directives. So, that's how you get them. I don't have an exact hours, but online, I've seen anything between 10, 20, some say 30 hours to unlock each class. Or you can pay, and you can't even choose a class, $26.99. That's pounds to unlock the Berserker. And you get some other bits and pieces, of course. I think each class costs like 12, 13 pound to unlock. So if you want to pay 
to do this, we are talking roughly £180 to unlock every single class in the game. Now, that's kind of going on current prices on PlayStation or the, the other systems, and that is an estimate. And that estimate can be kind of shot down with on Steam currently. You can buy all classes for £70. Yes, £70 to buy all classes or unlock them in a grindy manner because that's how it felt when i played skyforge it felt grindy and it felt a little bit more repetitive than i really want yes there are ever other style of free-to-play games on the switch and i'll come to a couple that i recommend over skyforge but 70 pounds let's ignore the 180 i suppose that's if you buy them separately um but 70 pounds according to steam yes that's not the nintendo switch price but at the time when i was playing skyforge every time i tried to find out how much it was the pack to unlock all characters it wouldn't let me and it kept crashing every time i tried so even if i wanted to find out the price i couldn't which was a little bit more frustrating than i like to admit and yeah it's just a very strange kind of feeling to have a free-to-play game give you three classes but only then you can pay for the rest on the nintendo switch eShop store for 62.99 you can have the skyforge ultimate founders pack which has become a god unlock two classes the thunderous mount a thunderous mount and nintendo exclusive cosmetic and lots more two classes so you can't even choose your classes is the gunner and the berserker five legendary weapons um storebringer tx glider and 60 day premium subscription because there's a premium subscription with this game 40,000 argrants whatever that is 500,000 credits and a player title founder you can't actually on the eShop anywhere find a player's bundle to buy the entire class every single class but for 62.99 you can get two classes that you may not even want plus other bits and pieces now why am i ragging on it why am i having a bit of a pop at this because i think it's stupid i think it's unfair and i think it's unreasonable for a game to be charging 70 pounds to unlock all its classes or hundreds of hours of grinding especially if for example the game dies which unfortunately i think it will do because of other points that i come on to and you're left not being able to do the early player content now should i rag on a new game hard no but that's what i'm going to do and the biggest reason is it looks flipping terrible now i'm not one of these people who go you know the game needs to look good on everything but we've seen games come across the switch that look fine this like the skyforge development team or whoever ported this over to the switch went what's the easiest and quickest way for us to get it on the switch reduce the resolution size down to as low as possible job done on it goes it freezes it lags it drags it's just a horrible experience in its current state and honestly i have to squint wearing glasses to look at it of any decent quality it's so pixelated in places that i think they just did that reduced the resolution size and was like that'll do on it goes on handheld it fares a bit better but at the same time it's still not great overall my experience with skyforge was well that was a waste of time to download and it really did feel like it you know with the fact that 
people will say that it's not a pay to win game because you can play this all you like but there's a pvp element to this game and if people can buy the classes for however much they are like i said I'm, those prices i gave earlier in the show were just estimates but if people can buy the classes if people can pay to buy those classes and go into a pvp environment that leaves a very sour taste in my mouth because it doesn't give you any you know skill based edge it just allows you to search online for the best class jump into pvp and go and you know squash people if that's how the pvp is again can't comment on the pvp but that's just how it feels if you're looking for an MMORPG experience, then yeah, Skyforge could probably give you that. Um, but honestly, I wouldn't recommend it. Not the 22 gig download size. It's an unfortunate experience. And I remember seeing Skyforge being advertised first on PC and I was quite excited about it. It looked something different. It gave us different classes and different abilities and different, just a different thing. And the actual combat looked cool. And it still does even on the Switch. The combat is good when it's not lagging. You know, as I said, to reiterate that resolution size if if it, if it ran smoothly the re reduced re resolution size wouldn't be a problem but it doesn't run smoothly so what else is out there that you could play for free warframe is probably one of the best free to play titles that you'll find yes it has a time gate with money um but there's no p you know there's no pay to win elements warframe is mainly a diablo-esque style game team before go around a mission hunt loot and you can earn everything in game there is a premium currency um, but it only is there to set to unlock things quicker yes you could use the same comparison with warframe and the warframes the the, the suits that you use as oh but you could use it but it's mainly a cooperative game it's not really there is a pvp but it's not how to put it Warframe is fairer on its economy because you can also earn the premium currency for free without worrying. And I stand by it. You've also got Rogue Company, which I'm going to do in depth next week, I think. And it's a 60 FPS, 60 FPS shooter on the Switch and it looks amazing. It plays amazing. You do have DC Online. Again, it has a premium subscription to its and it unlocks all the content and stuff like that. It's, a, it's worth it for a bit, but it's a bit rough around the edges, but it has a loyal fan base. Overall, it's kind of sum up. The TLDR version is download Skyforge if you wish. It's just not a great experience. The unfortunate thing with Skyforge is I set myself out a target to play every game that I reviewed for 10 hours. And that was the first game that I turned off after three or four hours because it was just the worst but there we are that is the show this week that is everything done dusted in a nice little bow tied up and all all good so thank you for joining me i really appreciate it if you are wanting to shout at me you can check all the social media links in the uh the show links down below or however this gets displayed on itunes spotify or wherever you get your podcast from uh, the email for the show is beyond nintendo at uh, beyond nintendo podcast at gmail.com or find me on twitter and yeah at that chap zap thank you everyone again for joining me and we'll see you all soon bye bye